Welcome to True Story, the public relations podcast, a space where we get a peek behind the scenes of brands and businesses that have a real story to tell. Because in today's world, we are done with perfect and fake. We want to support brands that aren't afraid to show their true colors. I'm your host, Whitney Lee, the founder of True Story PR, an agency focused on helping businesses show up authentically through their social media, PR, and more. We pride ourselves on always keeping it real. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey everyone, welcome back. This week is another solo episode and I want to give a shout out and a thank you um, to one of our listeners, Darcy, because she DM'd me on Instagram and she had a really good question and I was like, you know what? Or, or she had a suggestion for a topic and I was like, that is a great topic and it's something that we talk about a lot with our clients, surprisingly, um, or maybe not surprisingly, maybe other people are, are dealing with this too. So she's in the industry, but... Um, the, her question was about like maybe doing an episode around the difference for the difference between you're doing PR for a personal brand versus a business. Um, and she was also kind of inquiring about like maybe we touch a little bit on uh, corporate PR. And if that's different, which um, for anybody who's been listening in for a while, I actually started my career in the corporate world uh, before branching out about 10 years ago and um, starting off freelancing and then built an agency. So I definitely have some uh, thoughts on the corporate world. Um, but let's dive in and let's talk about this. Um, so first, I want to talk about personal branding and PR. Y'all, personal branding is becoming more and more of a thing. And it used to just be that like business owners or entrepreneurs were the ones that were building personal brands. But now I think a lot of people are realizing the value in building a personal brand, even if you have a solid job. And even if you enjoy your job, like maybe you have a corporate job or you, or you work for a business and you enjoy it, it's not like you're out job searching, but there's still value in building your personal brand for whatever may come in your career. It's the same thing as a resume. Just because you have a job and you're happy in your job doesn't mean you don't want to add things to your resume, right? Like new certifications or still go to conferences and learn things, you know? So building a personal brand is a huge thing. And actually, I am a part of a group based out of Nashville called Brand Builders Group. And actually, um, shout out to AJ and Rory Vaden. Um, if you guys have never heard of them, they're so legit, just like good people. This is a, such an awesome group. There's like over 700 or 800 members nationwide. And the whole group is focused around the whole um, program is focused around building and monetizing a personal brand. And there's tons of people in the group that have corporate jobs and they also brand themselves as like a travel expert or something like that on the side, you know? Um, so personal branding is like such a hot topic right now in general. So we're going to talk a little bit how we work with personal brands. We, we've done it all, honestly. Like right now, we, you know, the agency has corporate clients for sure. Um, we have some medium sized business clients. Um, and, and also we have some uh, personal brands, you know, we've worked with um, artists and, you know, a, a lot of different things. So let's talk first about personal branding. Okay, so backtrack just a tiny bit. I think most of the people who listen to this are in the industry, but sometimes um, business owners listen to this too because they're like looking for advice and insight. So 
The number one thing I think we want to go back and always reiterate, especially for every point we're going to talk about between personal and business, the point of PR is visibility. It's for awareness. It's for reputation. It's for like these much bigger picture topics. It is not like I'm trying to sell something really quick. Let's do some PR. That's not what that's about, you know? So you're going to notice that like every idea that I'm going to throw your way underneath all these topics is always centered around creating awareness, creating visibility. Um, And if you've been listening to this pod for a while, or if you haven't, there's an episode that we did that was like things you can expect from PR. Um, I would totally go back and listen to that because it's all about if you're doing, if you as a PR person, or maybe you're an owner, a business owner, and you have a PR person, if they're doing their job or you, the PR person, if you're doing your job, the following things should happen. And this is how you should measure it. So definitely like, we're we're not going to talk a lot about measurement today, but definitely go back and listen to that episode. um, Because if your boss um, is placing like these ridiculous expectations of like certain sales numbers off of your efforts, like, that you got to have a conversation about changing their way of thinking because that's not the point of PR. PR is not sales and PR is not marketing. Okay, ran over. Um, But personal branding is all about positioning you as the expert. Because ultimately, we know if you get visibility, if you get positioned as the expert, if people know you, and they're like, wow, look at David, he knows everything there is to know about vitamins, total random example. Um, Then when, uh, when an opportunity comes up, they're going to seek out someone of like, oh, man, that guy, David, he knows everything about vitamins, we should ask him or we should have him on the show, or we should ask him to whatever, you know, so it's a personal branding is all about positioning you as the expert at insert your industry there. So I'm going to throw you some ideas. Um, And again, I know people listen to this pod all the time that are like from various industries. So some of it may be a fit for you, some of it may not. um, But just want to throw out some ideas in general that came to my mind for personal branding. So um, one thing is speaking at events. Obviously, whether like you're doing a keynote or maybe you're doing a workshop, um, speaking at events, if you consistently speak, people automatically are like, wow, you know, like she knows about vitamins. She knows about radiation, whatever it is, Um, speaking at events. And you cannot sit back and wait for people to ask you to speak at an event. Unless you become a really, really big, well-known speaker, and hopefully you will one day. People probably will come to you at that point, but you've got to pitch yourself to speak at events, you know, Um, and, you know, have all the have like a great pitch page, like a little one sheeter and videos of when you've spoken before, like people love seeing that. Um, So also, um, while we're talking about events, attendance at specific events. If you want to be a player in certain industries, then you need to show up even when you're not a speaker or you're not involved in the event, you're not planning the event, you're not, maybe none of your clients are at the event. But if you want to be seen as an expert in that industry, you've got to be at significant events. So like it is 100% worth your money to buy a ticket and and show face and be there. And that's when you're going to meet people in that industry. Like you need to be at all of the biggest events around that topic. For example, if you're trying to be a fashion designer, 
designer, if you're trying to be a fashion influencer, you need to be at New York Fashion Week, you need to be at Miami Fashion Week. I don't know that much about fashion, but those are just totally random examples. Like if you want to be seen in that space, you got to show up in that space. So people are like, of course, you know, she's there at Miami Fashion Week. She's a stylist. Like if you want to be taken seriously, you got to put yourself in the room. Um, another idea is a YouTube channel, um, depending on what you want to be an expert at. I mean, if you want to be a makeup expert, I have a friend who started a makeup channel and it grew into this whole makeup brand for herself. Like, and it's just because it made her feel good to show people tips on makeup. And before long, she was an expert. And before long, she had such a following. They were like, you know, she like ended up creating her own freaking line. So also a little fun fact, YouTube is owned by Google. So even if um, you don't get that many views on all your videos, there is an art to what you name the video and also in the description and tags to help you be more visible. And also that lives there forever. So it will accumulate SEO over time. So a YouTube channel is a great opportunity for a personal brand, um, just depending on what industry you're in is going to be dependent on the content. Um, providing quotes for publications. That sounds really, really elementary. Um, but a lot of people in PR, we work with like, we were signed up for Harrow and quoted and all these sites and everything where they're looking for someone to make an expert quote or an expert, um, uh, you know, topic, they'll have a topic of like how to get babies to sleep through the night. We're looking for pediatricians who have tips on how to get babies to sleep at night, you know. So if you have a, a pediatrician client, you know, like there you go. That's a perfect or um, maybe it's like how to stop headaches and you have a chiropractor like boom, there you go. Like that chiropractor maybe could make a quote or offer and you've got to reach out and pitch yourself again. For years, you know, the beauty of PR is like for years, if you work and work and work to become that expert, eventually people will start coming to you. But the world is a crowded space, y'all. And like, you've got to hustle. Um, And so it's not just like, and it doesn't always happen on the first try. Sometimes we pitch clients for stuff. And we get no hits for a month, nothing. And it has nothing to do with them or us. Um, Maybe that writer's just getting 50,000 examples. You know what I mean? You've got to be one of the first ones when they ask for it. You've got to get them everything they need succinctly in an email. And and you got to be kind of first to the punch. So, and even when you're first to the punch, sometimes they may pick other angles or whatever, but... It's, it's never guaranteed. So providing quotes for publications is always a great way to be like, you know, um, she was mentioned in, you know, pediatrician today. Um, and all you did was just provide a free quote to them. You know, how about this being a contributing writer? So this is a little more of a heavy lift than, a, uh, than providing quotes. But being a contributing writer is definitely like legit. Like that, you immediately will be seen uh, with legit factor. Like if you're a contributing writer for pediatrician today or the Huffington Post or whatever, as soon as you, you know, you are a contributing writer in that space. Now, if you're just like randomly submitting fluff fiction pieces, that's not the same. We're talking about expert topics and, and articles that are around your industry. So being a contributing writer, and sometimes they have those opportunities on their websites. They're like always looking for contributors and it doesn't have to be this like huge ordeal. 
Um, maybe it's like once every few months, they want you to write an article or something like that. Obviously, you're going to be doing it for usually for free or for pennies, just to be honest, especially in the world with AI and chat GPT. Now, some people are not paying writers as much as they used to. But so you got to be prepared to put in the work for free. But again, it's all about bragging rights. And then you the legitimacy factors, people are like, wow, she's a contributor in, you know, PR world today. I just made that up. Um, but being an ongoing contributing writer is definitely a legitimacy factor. Also going back to speaking like podcast tours, podcast tours are great for personal brands because people will hear you connect with you. You know, again, you are speaking on a topic and when you come on someone's show, I, I think you got to, I mean, obviously they're bringing you on the show to talk about their topic, but you also kind of have to like formulate what you're talking about that's going to serve their audience, you know? Um, so I always ask people when they ask me to be on their podcast, like, who who's your audience? Who's listening to this? Also, when I invite someone to be an interview guest on my podcast, and they ask me that question, I immediately know that they get it right. They they are catering their knowledge to be something that is so specifically helpful for that audience. So Podcast interviews can be a great opportunity. Um, blogging uh, or doing social media with comments about topics, you know, um, definitely like, you know, I, I've seen some travel. Um, I don't know if I really want to call them influencers, but they're like travel professionals. They work in that space. Um, they will, you know, like on their travels, like, let's say they're a hotel expert. This is just a good, easy example for me. Then they visit a lot of different hotels and they like walk through and do like a little mini tour without the hotel paying them to do that. They just start churning out content on their own. Like, Hey, today I went to the, you know, whatever I went to the mother's day brunch at the JW Marriott here in Nashville. And I want to tell you all my favorite things about this property. It has a beautiful port cachet. It has an incredible restaurant. Their martini bar is so cute. Like these cute little videos on social. Uh, and again, like sometimes people think that's paid, but if you want to be seen as an expert, you, that's how a lot of these bloggers and influencers start. They don't get paid for that stuff up front. They just go and start buying stuff and doing experiences and covering it as if they were being paid for it. And then people start looking to them. And also people don't know if they were paid for that or not. So people are like, wow, look at her. Like the JW is hooking her up and da da da, you know, like, um, so definitely, uh, think about how, depending on the industry you're in, how could you take something like that and like create social media content, even if someone's not paying you to do it? Again, if you want to be seen as an expert, you have to start putting out content that provides expert value. Um, so that's a good one. Also, um, personal brands like pushing people for awards, you know, um, like if your client or if your industry is like you're in real estate um, and um, they're a female or something like, oh, there's a, a you know, woman of the year award for real estate. Oh my gosh, you should be pitching your client to be up for that award or any awards that fall into their industry or like entrepreneur of the year or whatever. Um, the more specific and in into your industry, like if you found a real estate award for women or just a real estate award, those are best. Um, but pushing them for awards is a great idea. Um, what about writing a book? 
You know, writing a book 1000% positions you as an expert. And I, I have not written a book. I've talked about it. I don't have time for it. Um, but it's not as arduous as it seems. I have tons of friends who have done it and they're like, actually, it was, you know, if you really get in with somebody who understands it, then it's really not that hard. Like someone to help you through the process of like, how do you come up with the big idea? How do you break it down into chapters? Either way, just know writing a book is not a massively profitable thing. People think they're going to make all this money off books. No, the whole point of writing a book is positioning you as an expert. So then you can be like, I'm a published author and here's my book. Like, wow, people immediately have this like respect for you of like, okay, like she wrote a book, even though internally we know as PR people, like you can self-publish a book. Anybody can freaking write a book, but still it's all about visibility. And, and you know, that book is a great opportunity when you do speaking engagements. I literally had this conversation last week with a friend there, you know, if they don't have a budget to pay you to speak, maybe you say, Hey, you know, um, my speaking fee is usually whatever, 5,000 bucks. But I will waive the speaking fee if you buy um, one of my books for every single attendee in the room. Your attendees will be happy because they get a goodie. They get like a tangible takeaway. Um, you guys look great from, you know, the conference standpoint because they're like, wow, looking all, look at all this value they're giving us. And then you as the speaker, your, A, your book just got purchased by so many people. So that helps your sales go up. Again, you're not making that much money off of it, but your content is being spread through tons of little hands in the room. So again, you have to have realistic expectations are everything. So writing a book is a great way for a personal brand. Um, let's see. Oh, holding your own event. What about that? Okay. Like what if there, you know, okay, I'll use myself as an example. Maybe what if I just started like a little one day marketing and PR intensive and it's hosted by Whitney Lee of True Story PR. And I invite my friends that do similar things, like maybe my friend who runs virtual events. She comes and speaks about virtual events. Someone who um, is an AI expert, have them come speak about AI. So A, I'm bringing all these other experts in. I'm happy to give other people exposure too. Like I feel like there's community over competition, right? Um, but holding your own event where you can speak, but also maybe some other experts speak too on similar topics. But the whole event is you, you're the MC, you are the, the keynote speaker, you are doing your own thing. And the event is around you. That's great personal, you know, that's, that's great personal branding. Um, and here's one last thing to think about. If your personal brand is serving people in your local area, um, I don't know. How about you're a doula, you know, obviously I guess you could being a doula, you could like fly across the nation when it's time for the other person to have the baby or whatever. But like, maybe you're trying to just serve women with doula services within a hundred miles of your hometown, you know, um, then you'll want to, it's so important for you to get involved with local groups. Like like I, I've always heard, like you have to be a big fish in a little pond first before you can move into a bigger pond and a bigger pond and be known nationally. I think the problem is, is that people are so freaking impatient that they just want to immediately get a million followers and they immediately want to be a national celebrity. But you have to 
you have to put in the work and become a big fish in a little pond first. So if your brand serves people locally, get involved with community groups, um, serve on a board or look for groups with people who do what you do. So for me, I would find like other marketing and PR people or you know, like look for groups that your potential clients are probably a part of. Okay, back to the doula example. If you're a doula and you're targeting women, maybe find some women's groups in the area. It doesn't have to be like women who want to get pregnant.com. It can just be women's groups, you know, because you're trying to connect with women. And don't go in there and try to sell people on stuff. Just go in there and tell people what you do. That's a natural thing. Like that's how my entire business took off was I literally just went around town to everything I could chamber events and, and PR groups and all that kind of stuff. And naturally people are like, Hey, what's your name? What do you do? Oh, I'm a marketing and PR consultant. Oh, da, 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 da. that is how it all took off. So look for those opportunities, you know, look for local groups who do what you do or local groups who the attendees are potentially your clients. So those are just some ideas. I could probably sit here and go all day on this. I don't know if y'all want to hear me ramble for that long. Um, those are some ideas for personal brands. But okay, before we dive into business PR, this is one thing I kind of wanted to talk about. Keep in mind, there are businesses that are driven off of personal brands. Here's a great example for me. Okay, like I joined Brand Builders Group to try to work on my personal brand. I've spent so many years working on True Story PR that I really don't do a whole lot with Whitney, you know? I mean, I put myself out there and I network a lot, but it's always been in the offer, in the opportunity to get business for the agency, right? And I've done cool stuff, you know, like I've gotten nominated for like woman of the year and, and stuff like that. I'm so grateful and cool with all of that. But I know that ultimately, if I work on my personal brand and get my personal brand out there, it will bring business to the agency. So there's a lot of industries that are like this. So we have some clients that we're actually kind of doing both for. Um, I'll give you another example. We had a functional medicine practice where he had a whole team internally, but we also did a lot of work and, and YouTube videos and social videos and things like that of getting him and his face out there because he's the lead physician. And we know that if people respect him and what he's doing and his knowledge, that they will come into his practice, right? Um, so I think you've really got to think about a strategy. If, if you're working in some of these industries I'm going to mention, if you're working in something like that, like, especially if there's, if it's like, I see this a lot in services, but it can also be in products, you know, um, like if you, um, are doing a vitamin company and you are a dietitian, like elevating your personal brand as an expert dietitian will further legitimize your vitamins because you're the expert and you created the line, right? So really think about that when you're putting a plan together for a business is like, what can we do for personal branding for the owner? And what can we do for branding and, and PR for the business? So here's some examples. Um, I mentioned chiropractors. Chiropractors are great. They usually have other services within their office. But if you brand the chiropractor and elevate their, you know, they're the expert, 
it will funnel business to the practice. Agencies like me, physicians, um, jewelry stores. What about a jewelry store? Positioning the, the jeweler as the expert. Maybe they're the expert at um, <clears throat> gemology or um, redesigning pieces or um, sourcing antique jewelry or whatever. Like position the jeweler as the expert at that. Attorneys. That's a great one too. Like, and especially in the sector that they're in, whether it's personal injury or family law or laws and uh, wills and estates, like think about the, all of those are good examples of brands that the person, the, the founder or the owner or the lead attorney or whoever, the head honcho, their personal brand directly affects the business. Now where we've had a little bit of challenges Sometimes our clients are shy. I get it. I don't really love being out there all the time of like, look at me, look at Whitney. It does kind of, uh, I don't even post that much on my own Instagram and I own a freaking PR company, y'all. Sometimes you just want to fly under the radar, but I even tell those clients, I'm like, you have to know it's for the good of the business. And sometimes they refuse to do it. And I'm like, okay, that's totally fine. They're like, no, no, no. I just want the business to shine. I just want the business to shine. And I'm like, if you want the business to shine, we have to elevate you because you are the brains behind this practice. You are the brains behind this jewelry store. You are whatever. You know what I mean? So that can be a challenge sometimes. And I don't know, I'd love to know anybody else out there that like, if you have clients that are like super shy about being elevated as the expert, it can be freaking hard. I get it. Okay, let's talk about business PR. So um, again, this is similar. Like, I still suggest featuring people inside of a business. I think one of the biggest strategies in PR right now is humanizing a brand. People connect with people. They don't connect with an empty room. They don't connect with a building or an office. They connect with the human beings inside of there, the people that they interact with when they buy there or when they come in for an appointment. So I still think you have to feature people within the business, um, but I think there's other stuff that you can do as well. Um, I love, though, like looking at the team, number one, and like, uh, seeing like, let's say your, um, I don't know, like, uh, maybe your, maybe the CEO of the company is, uh, or maybe one of the head people, not even the CEO, maybe one of the head VPs is LGBTQ. And that could be cool to feature them as like, you know, in, in some kind of LGBTQ opportunity, or maybe you've got someone on your team who is native American and it's native American month. And that look at what, you know, the company is doing on property for all of the native American people on staff, like, uh, or a way to honor them, things like that, like looking at who's on your team and finding their uniqueness and sharing that. I think that Again, that humanizes the brand and people identify with that. Like, wow, oh, look at all those Native Americans they have on their team. That's so cool. I'm Native American. Like it, it builds connection in some way, because I guarantee if you're working with a business that everybody in there has a story, they all have a different ethnicity. They all have a background. They all have something that makes them unique that other people can totally identify. Maybe they're a cancer survivor. Um, Maybe they never finished high school. Maybe that, you know, like things like that actually can be turned into a very positive. I mean, not if they're a physician, obviously they, they had to finish high school, but 
still, I think it's awesome to humanize the brand. So don't just look at the CEO, look at the other people inside. Um, I also love like, I think great PR is like featuring uh, going sticking with a little employee topic right now is like anniversaries. And not just like a, a lame, like a little graphic that's like, happy fifth anniversary, Sarah Smith. We love you. Thanks for being on the team. Like, that's lame. Like, how can you do something to celebrate these people for, you know, maybe not for every like, it's your one month anniversary on the team, but like everybody's annual anniversary or something. You know what that says without saying it? It says people like working here. People are happy being here, shows longevity in the business, shows that it's a positive work environment. And usually when some place is a positive work environment, people do great work and people love coming into that business. You know, a positive work environment then breeds a positive business environment. So company anniversaries are a great opportunity, whether it's the anniversary of the business or it's like people's work anniversaries inside. Um, I think it's so important um, talking about like corporate social responsibility or just social. I don't even have to use the word corporate social responsibility is becoming such a big thing. And I think every business has to identify some kind of give back or charity component, Um, not out of need to check a box by any means, but it needs to come from like a sincere place because now, especially y'all as millennials, um, get millennials get older and as Gen Z actually starts getting some money cause they're getting out of college now. <laughs> um, as Gen Z gets older, like they are definitely looking at these businesses like, Hey, what are you doing to make the, your community a better place? What are you doing to make the world a better place? What are you doing to, um, you know, build a positive work environment? Like, what are you doing to give back to your community? Period. Um, so it's almost becoming a necessity. So and I always say like, we've got to have some kind of con- charity component and it doesn't just have to be like begging for money. You know what I mean? Like um, maybe you let an organization host an event there, or maybe you do an event for them or a give back of like X dollars this month are going to go towards this or a food drive for something or whatever, you know, like look at Tom's. I talk about Tom's all the time, but like, look at Tom's like for every shoe purchase, they do this. They buy another pair of shoes for somebody who needs that in Africa. Like that's legit. So try to find something that connects with your industry if you can, you know, um, for example, like if you work in a restaurant, maybe you work with a food insecurity charity, or you work with a food bank. If you work in you know, a, uh, women's clinic, um, like an OBGYN clinic, maybe you work with a women's shelter or something like that. Like try to select something that makes sense. Or if it seems out of left field, maybe that's a really cool opportunity for you to like open up and show some vulnerability of the, the people on your team. Like if you're, you know, I own a PR business and I support things that are breast cancer related. Hmm. PR, breast cancer, uh, what's the crossover there? My grandmother was a survivor of breast cancer. So naturally, that is something that is close to home for me. And that's something that I can share. And then, wow, people identify with that of like, wow, my grandmother was a breast cancer survivor. And people feel like they know a little more about Whitney. They feel a little more connected to Whitney. And you know what I mean? So it's a way, it's all about connection, y'all. It's all about making people feel connected to a business 
even though a business is literally just a building and some computers, you know, how do you make them feel connected to a business? Um, a lot of also for um, business PR, I mean, definitely influencer work. Influencer like that kind of falls under social, but it also kind of falls under PR because I think you got to really give some guidance on, you know, like the messaging and why you're doing the campaign right now, or maybe you're launching a new product like uh, that, that kind of goes hand in hand. So influencer work, I think is pivotal. Um, and depending on the industry you're in, it is, it's a fit for almost everyone, you know? Um, so media coverage, I mean, this could be about your team members or about a service like pitching you for different publications and different articles. I think that's a great opportunity for business. Um, also about events, you know, like we talked a little bit about events earlier, but for a business, it's more about either participating in an event. Like if there's a huge, um, I don't know, a hospitality conference, maybe all my hotel clients need to be there and have a booth, you know, or maybe if it's a tech um, conference, then maybe all of my tech clients need to go out there and participate or pitch to be a speaker or something like that. So that's one fold for events. But on the second side, like you could also host an event at your office. Maybe it's a launch party or it's a holiday soiree or it's an open house for something or it's a, you know, get a, get creative about like what will get people into the door because I have clients all the time that say this. Well, how, how is that going to make me any money? Like, I'm a doctor's office. Why does it matter if people come in here? Because it's bringing in people and they feel comfortable. Once they've been in there, they meet your team. They've been to the space. They might learn a little bit more about what you do. And they immediately connect with you, your team, and they feel more comfortable after being there. Yeah, maybe they won't spend a single penny at that event. But you've gotten them in the door. That's the hardest part. While they're there... Maybe you just do a giveaway and get their email address and then you can nurture them into buying something later. Again, PR is not all about making an immediate sale. It's about getting exposure and then getting their email or getting them to follow you on social. And so you can nurture them in other ways. Okay. It's all about awareness, connection, visibility. Um, and same thing about the local community, too. If you are a local brick and mortar that serves people in your local area, I think community connection is so important. I think people have gotten so wrapped up in like, I work remotely, so it doesn't matter if I meet people locally. Um, and, you know, but I still think people crave community. They crave connection. You know, like I'm a part of all different kinds of little communities. I'm an FPRA and I go there and I see all my PR friends. I go to the gym every day and I have my gym friends. Like people still want community and connection in other ways. But most people don't even realize like that's PR when you go attend these chamber events or you, you know, offer to sit on a board for the local children's charity. Like that is a form of PR because it's building connections. So while we're talking about business, let's talk quickly about corporate. So obviously, I've been out of the corporate world for since 2013. So uh, almost 11 years. Um, but I will say this. Um, her question originally, the person who submitted this question, um, she asked if corporate PR is different. 
And honestly, I don't think so. I had to like kind of think on this for a minute of like some ways that it could be different. I think the strategies and the tactics are very, very similar because you're still highlighting people. You're still wanting to connect and have a give back. You're still wanting influencers and media coverage and all that kind of stuff. So I don't think that the tactics and strategies are really different, but just know this from personal experience, uh, and I know it hasn't changed. If you work in corporate space, in PR or marketing or anything in this realm, you have to work even further in advance. Like we look, we just did annual planning um, at the end of 2023 to look at the whole year of 2024. We looked at the whole year of 2024 to build out a, a, a tentative plan for PR. But if you're working with a big corporate brand, like it could take a long time to get that approved. Like sometimes my ideas at the Hilton would take months to come for me to even hear back about it. Like I would have to like put together a one sheeter and like get that to my boss. And then my boss would take several days to look at it. And if she liked it, then it would have to go to her boss. And then after that, like a week or two would pass because they wouldn't have an exec meeting. So then it would go to the GM and then it would sit on it. It wasn't like a hot topic on his brain. So he would need time and I would have to follow up and up and up. So like sometimes it would take so long to get approval on things that like, you know, like PR and social media, a lot of this is like, I need an answer on this right now. If we want to, if we want this opportunity, I need to pitch us immediately. I need to da 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 da. Um, so we would miss opportunities a lot because things would take so long to hear back, especially if we were trying to incorporate a new campaign of some sort. You know, it's like I used to jokingly, this did not happen. So if any of my Hilton friends are out there listening, I love y'all. This did not happen, but I jokingly give this as an example. Like, you know, the, um, the freaking ice bucket challenge that was like i don't know eight or nine years ago i i don't know um but you know like a, i would go to my corporate boss and be like oh there's this cool thing happening where it's like um you know you got to dump this ice bucket on your head and then you got to challenge some people and blah 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 and like oh cool okay and i'm like what if our gm did it or what if our the head of our spa did it or we uh, everybody challenged or what if our whole exec team did it and then like six years later, the corporate company's like, okay, you're approved. You can do the ice bucket challenge. And I'm like, okay, that ship has sailed, yo. Like, <laughs> ain't nobody talking about the freaking ice bucket challenge. It's 2024, people. Like, that's that's so over. Um, but I think that's your job and my job as a PR person is to like help our bosses understand, especially if you're in a corporate environment. Usually your boss is not... They don't know about PR. That's why you're there. You're the expert. So it's your job to kind of explain to them like how things work. You know, sometimes I'll ask clients and to uh, clients will ask us to like send like six things out to the media in one week. And I'm like, okay, well, um, I can't really do that because I will really like that's that's not um, the etiquette in our world, you know, like or they'll send something out and they're like, it's fine. Just send it out like this. And then whenever you get the rest of the information, just send it to them later. And I'm like, no, 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 we don't do that because once they if they pick up our story and they run it and then we need to go back and change it, they're, they're not going to change it. They're already doing us a favor by running a free story. They're not going to change it. So it's our job to explain things like that 
um, to our bosses of kind of the etiquette of our world and how things work. So, and you don't have to be bossy with it, but it, it, you can just be like, hey, if we want this opportunity, we've got to do this, this, and this, and here's why. Because in our industry, if you send this out and it's incomplete, they're either not going to run it or they're going to be really annoyed when I follow up like two weeks later with the quote rest of the story. Like that's, that's so cliche in our world, you know, so sometimes you have to educate them. Um, and you know, one thing I I had some challenges with, or, or I know a lot of my corporate friends do have challenge with this is like, you've got the corporate brand and also you've got the owner sometimes maybe there's a franchise situation and the owner's telling you to do this, but the corporate saying, no, this is the rule. I can understand. I can understand. Um, so you run into like some weird red tape like that sometimes, um, you know, and, and sometimes corporate PR, they'll, the corporate group will come to you and say, the corporate office wants to do this PR campaign. And it's like totally not a fit for your, you know, like for your location or your, and you're like stuck between a hard place and like, but I think it's, it's totally okay to give some kind pushback and say, Hey, I love this idea, but I just want to be honest with you. Like in our area, I don't feel like this is going to align because this, this, and this, maybe they're pushing like some heavy, I don't know, like right wing campaign and you live in a super liberal area. And so you're like, Ooh, like this is actually going to piss everyone off in our community. Like that's your job to be the expert of that location and raise a flag on that. So Corporate, again, strategies and tactics aren't different. I think you just got to work so much further in advance, which can be a little hard because a lot of what we do is off of trend. It's like trend driven, you know? Um, so that, that was always a challenge for me. And that's honestly what I love so much about what we do now is like we deal directly with the decision maker. So we still work three to six months out on most campaigns, but we can come to them and say, hey, this is what we're thinking. And we want to do this, this, and this, you know, um, and we can move a lot faster. And for me, people are like, Oh, how do you make all this stuff happen? It's like, cause I don't have any freaking red tape, you know, again, no hate, no shade to my corporate people out there. Love y'all. Um, and kudos to you for still making things happen with all the red tape, you know, but I can just move so much more quickly because, a, I'm the decision maker in my business and B, we deal directly with the decision maker in other businesses. And I even tell them in our contract, like on our monthly meeting, a decision maker needs to be there, not an assistant, not somebody who's going to go back and ask you a question. If you're paying us for our time, let me just give you a little secret. We will do so much more for you if we can have a decision maker on the call because we'll make some stuff happen, you know? So anyway, I hope this has been helpful for you. I love it when people submit um, questions. So Darcy, thank you for submitting this question. I hope this was um, a solid answer for you. I talked way longer than I was expecting to talk. So, um, and you guys, if you're out there and you have a question or a topic or maybe something you're struggling with at work, or if you own a business and something you're struggling with or trying to get a move on a specific service or something or launch a new product, 
I would love to hear what you want me to talk about. These uh, episodes are really fun for me and I hope they're valuable for y'all. So if you want to reach out um, on Instagram, it's the Whitney Lee, T-H-E, Whitney Lee, L-E-E. Uh, you can also find me on LinkedIn. Some people hit me up there. And of course, True Story PR, the agency. Uh, you can find us on any social platform or truestorypr.co. So thanks for tuning in and we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. If you loved what you heard, please take a moment to screenshot this episode and share it to social media using hashtag True Story PR or better yet, write us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you tune in. See you next time for another True Story. True Story.